So Monday, the 17th, the Trustful Tribune. I'm not sure if it's going to be the actual video, but they're going to have where they're talking about um, addiction and recovery. And I will be sitting in on that talk. So at the end, we will have an opportunity to plug our Celebrate Recovery. So if you see it, share it. Maybe that will also help get the word out that it's, this is not just for alcohol and drugs. It's for addiction. It's, I mean, it's for gambling. It's for depression. It's for the loved ones of those in addiction. So let's try to remove the labels that um, every community has them. It's, it's just part of it. But let's be, a, let's be a cornerstone in this community to start removing those, la those labels. So before we dive in, let's open in prayer, and then we're going to talk about what does it mean to make amends. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you with humble heart on bended knee at the foot of the cross. Lord, not only are we coming on bended knee, but our hands are out. We're holding our hands out so that you can remove all the things we have been holding on to that have only brought destruction in our lives. And Lord, we hold our hands out so that you may refill them with your mercy and your grace and your peace and your forgiveness and all the blessings that only you can give us. Lord, tonight's message is changed so many times already. But whatever it is you need each one of us to hear, Lord, I ask that you pierce our hearts with whatever specific word that you need each of us to hear. And not only that, Lord, we ask that you teach us how to take it from these walls out into the world so that they don't just hear about the hellfire and brimstone God, but they hear about a God that loves them and has never left them and only has plans for every one of us to prosper if we humble our hearts and obey your will. Lord, I lift every heart up to you tonight as we prepare for this message. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your Son and all God's people said, Amen. So, what does it mean to make amends? To make amends is to correct a mistake that one has made or a bad situation that one has caused. So tonight we're looking at principle six, that is evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I have done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. And this is also going along with step eight. We made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So let me back up real quick. The end of principle six. Except when to do so would harm them or others. I try not to harp on this. I usually end up harping on this. <laughs> if you are needing to make an amends to someone, an ex, that is already in another relationship, has another family established, has their life established, do not walk into their life and disrupt that life they've got going on. That's what it means to cause harm to them or others. Because you're not only going to disrupt their life, you're going to disrupt every person that loves them because you're opening a Pandora's box. That's not fair. You're inflicting hurt 
on people that's not fair. So, making amends is where we stop isolating ourselves. We stop running from our past. We begin to reach out to those that we have hurt. Okay, many times, and I've seen this done, people will go to make amends, and they're explaining, I'm so sorry I did this, and the other person will go, what? I don't, what? I don't, I don't remember that. And then they're like, well, maybe I need to explain it a little deeper. No. Amends, and I'm going to say this at the end also, amends is for me. It's my amends, okay? There's two perspectives. There's two sides. But making amends is for the person that is actually making the amends. So, a little visual. Making amends is like taking brick and mortar, and that's the forgiveness and trying to rebuild a bridge that has been burned. The other side of that is the tools of amends, such as the mason trial, that is used to put the bricks and mortar in place. It takes the bricks and mortar on one side and the mason trial on the other side. They have to work together. If it's one-sided, you're probably gonna end up with a wall that looked like something I built, or a mason trial that Someone, when they were little, thought it was to cut cakes and serve cakes, a really big slice. So it takes both sides for this to work. Some people are not ready. They're just not ready, and that's okay. Some people, they don't want to offer forgiveness. They don't want to hear your amends. That's okay. We're all at different places at different times. God has to work on us at each individual location. So before we can offer amends in the recovery step, we must do a few things. First, we had to admit that we have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We have to stop holding resentment in our heart. These block our recovery. These rob us of our joy, our happiness, and our peace. Scripture says, if we do not offer forgiveness, God will judge us based on that. He will not offer us forgiveness. I don't know about you, but I don't need that person on the other side of my burned bridge to keep me from having a relationship with Jesus. I want to work it out. I want to have that forgiveness because I want to have that joy and that peace in my heart. So the next thing we must do is we must admit that we've hurt some people. We have to go through a self-reflection. We have to look in the mirror of truth, and that's scripture. We have to come to the point where we don't like what we see. Many people out there, we say, well, I don't, I don't know why they keep doing the same things they're doing. Well, A, they haven't gone through self-reflection, or B, they're okay with what they see in the mirror right now. But eventually, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you want to change. So, we get ready to make a change. We must stop running from our past, we must offer apologies. We all know the best form of apology is a changed behavior. It is a bigger apology when someone sees your walk and you don't have to explain it with your talk because then they're ready to listen to you. They're ready to hear what you have to say. So we have to make a list of all the people that we owe amends to. This is a hard process. We have to go through our inventory first. 
And if you remember our inventory sheets in column one, it was all the people that we needed to forgive. That's the people that hurt us. But column five, that's the people we owe amends to. Forgiveness and amends go hand in hand. It is a two-way street. We must ask God to step in when we get ready to do our amends. We have to ask God to prepare their hearts for what we need to say. But the flip side of that coin is we have to ask God to give us the words because we don't know the pain that they have in their hearts. We have no idea. We didn't walk this out through their eyes and their journey. We walked out through ours. So when we ask God to prepare their hearts to hear the words that he gives us to speak, it's like God preparing two puzzle pieces. And as those puzzle pieces are coming together, the Holy Spirit is in the middle guiding them so that they fit perfectly. So we must do this in God's timing. We can't rush in there, can't make a checklist, and okay, this weekend I'm going to talk to 25 people. Well, that's not it. It's not a, hey, I'm going to call you. Hey, I'm sorry for all those things I did in high school, and uh, I hope we're good. Bye. That's not how it works. You have to be prepared for what's fixing to come back towards you. This process takes courage. This process takes a lot of care. Because other people may not remember the event the same way you do. Other people may still hold resentment. They may be a volcano waiting to explode. They may have been looking forward to this phone call their whole life. So we can't rush into it. We have to take time. We have to plan it out. And when God's calendar opens for us to move and do this, that's when we do it. This is not something we do on a checklist. If you don't handle it with sensitivity and care, all you're doing is inflicting more hurt. We have to let our recovery walk, tell our recovery story. Talk is cheap. Apology is just the starting line. It's the beginning space. It offers a renewal and trust between people. And again, I'll say it again. I've probably said it a hundred times tonight already. It's a two-way street. Everybody has different perspectives. So there's two primary points to remember in an apology. First, it shows remorse for specific actions and behaviors. But more importantly, it's an acknowledgement of certain actions that inflicted pain. Okay, so let me, let me say it like this. If you're sitting on your front porch, it's a hot Saturday, Sunday afternoon and the sun's just beating you down and you see somebody coming walking up and they sit down beside you and they're like, you know, I'm really sorry that the last time I was here I stole this out of your house. I'm really sorry. I apologize. And then all of a sudden they take off running and they jump in a car that they just stole and ran down the street. That apology means absolutely nothing because they arrived in a stolen car to tell you they, they are sorry they stole from you and then they're jumping in a stolen car running down the road. So many times for the loved ones of someone in addiction, this is the apology they get. And it's hard because we have to break that cycle. Our walk tells more than our talk will. 
We don't have to convince them to forgive us. If they're not ready, that's between them and God. If you're holding resentment in your heart, it will consume you. When we hold on to resentment, not only does it consume us, but it's like us drinking poison and waiting on the other person to, to get sick, but the whole time it's killing us internally, and eventually we die. So I have a question. What are you holding in your heart that's consuming you? What are you needing to let go of? Who are you needing to offer amends to? Are you holding resentment, anger, hurt, abandonment issues? What are you holding on to? Because if you don't work past this step, your recovery will relapse. And I'm not talking about you'll use, I'm talking about depression will come flooding in and you will be stuck right where you're at. Are you holding resentment, anger, and hurt? Not everybody does. Some people actually have joy, peace, and forgiveness in their heart. They're just afraid to step up and let those two puzzle pieces connect. Are you afraid to let them connect? Tonight as we get ready to, to play the next song, the altars are open. And I ask if there's anything you're holding on to. Don't leave tonight taking it with you. Lay it down tonight. And if you need someone to pray over you, let us know. Thank you.